Good love our gracious queens Are true and just queens Their time has come United Queendom Um, Ed Yeah? I'm, I'm so sorry Why didn't you say anything? All this time I thought your name was pronounced Edward But it's actually pronounced Jaff Jaff <laughs> What kind of name is Joff? <laughs> Joff a cake? You know what, Joff? Fuck off. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, if they were going to go down that road, like, what else sounds like Jeff? Jeff? Jeff. Uh, what about so- like something like Hef? Like Hef? Like Hugh Hefner. Or Jose? I don't know. I don't believe anyone in history has ever been called Joff. Joff. It's growing on me, actually. It sounds like something that would grow on you. <laughs> yeah, it's something, it sounds like something that would fight stains. So, Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Happy New Queer. And hope you had a great Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a break. Um, we didn't, we're doing two episodes back to back now. So, today's episode four will be out. Well, you're listening to it, so you know when it's out. And we'll be following up with episode five on Wednesday. So you won't have long to wait. But thank you for bearing with us, because we all had a lot going on over Christmas and New Year. But we're back, 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 back again. We certainly are. And we're feeling refreshed, overstuffed, and we're raring to go. I don't want to talk about my sex life. But yes, we're all feeling a little bit overstuffed. (laughs) Um, But we have to address the elephant in the room. Um, Speaking of weight gain over Christmas... And after we recorded the last episode, episode three of And Just Like That, I think it was literally two hours later, was when the news broke about Chris Noth. Um, and like I messaged you straight away, I was like, oh shit, yeah. which was obviously for anyone who's living under a rock, that he has been accused of rape. It seems like so long ago now because so much has happened, but was it two girl, two women? Two girls, uh, no cups. No, sorry, I should not joke. Um, <laughs> no, two girls who have accused him of um, sexual assault. Um, how far back? I can't remember, but it's it's pretty serious. I think the 80s and... was was one of them in the 80s or the 90s. And I think, it. no, one was at the height of him being in Sex and the City because I remember her story was like, yeah. everyone was excited in the office that Mr. Big was calling. And was she the one who, uh, one of the women accusing him said that she needed stitches? So these are really, like, obviously harrowing allegations. And they said that with the new show coming out, they have, it kind of triggered it for them, and which I completely understand. I know, so... You know, they're probably like, enough is enough. Well, we were saying, weren't we, like, from Chris Noth's point of view, he must be wondering whether it was worth signing on to the show. Well, I mean... (laughs) Definitely not the new series, if that's what led to him being kind of caught, assuming this is true. I mean, we can't really discuss too much about this because it has to go to trial and we have to find out what happened. We don't obviously know. Yeah. But we can discuss in relation to the show, which is, I mean, it's so weird that as soon as the character who we've known for so long is gone, now we news comes out in real life that taints the character in a way. Yeah, um, and uh, SJP said that she's very angry that it's kind of put this bad, toxic light on the show, which um, it's, it's quite... It's very kind Carrie of like, Bradshaw of Very her. Carrie. It's like, this isn't about you, SJP. Also, it's like, well, what about when um, Willie Garson died? 
<laughs> that was bad as well. Well, a lot of bad things have come out of this, primarily how it's affected the show, how it's affected our memories, and also, to a lesser extent, the victims and how it's affected them. So we have to... No, I'm joking. But that is kind of like the <laughs> SJP's quotes were kind of seemed a little bit insensitive because of that. I mean... I didn't read the full interview or watch it or whatever. Maybe, like, she talked a lot about the victims and that was, like, something she added at the end and that's the quote that's been kind of pulled out. Yeah. But, I mean, with something like this, it's probably best to just not mention how it affects the show at all. But obviously that's what we're going to talk about because we're recapping the show and we can't discuss um, the ins and outs, so to speak, of the actual incidents because we don't know anything about it. What I will say is, you know how it's always... Um, because we've had a lot of these now celebrities who allegations have come out about them. And we always kind of act surprised and it is surprising. But then you look at the person and it's just like, oh my God, you know, like the whole Jimmy Savile thing, could he have looked any more like a paedophile? And then you look at Chris Noth now and you're like, I'm shocked, but am I that shocked? If it's true. Because it's just like everything about him kind of just scream this in a way. Can we say that? Well, you know, I met him. Did you know that? You mentioned on the podcast. Yeah, and I met him too. And I followed him, like, did I tell this already on the podcast? Am I getting dementia? You definitely told me recently. I don't know if it was on the podcast or not. <clears throat> I followed him, like, seven blocks. <laughs> and then I said, because I, I don't know if I pronounced his name right, but I went, uh, Mr. North, Mr. North, um, can I have a picture, please? And he said, I'm sorry, I'm off to meet my family. I'm running late. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lie. So I time. didn't get hit on or anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, understandably. Um, actually, so... <laughs> He's when, not into men. When we both met him, we were both inappropriate with him then, which is ironic, because I met him at the premiere of Sex and the City 2, and I asked him basically how big his dick was. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought it was one of my first ever events that I covered and I was very young and I thought it was a really funny question. And it was like, so you play Mr. Big, but are you big in real life? And he went, what kind of fucking question is that? <laughs> and then when he, <laughs> when he left, because uh, I didn't know all the other journalists in the pen. So I was looking around like, oh my God, how rude was he? And all the other journalists were like, no, 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 no. it's a weird question. We're team, we're team North on this one. I still don't know how to say his name, but I guess we don't need to. North, North. Let's... Team North. I think it's North. Um, I think it's North important now. Let's, let's call the whole thing North. Yeah, I think that's so. But you know, one of the girls' um, pseudonyms is Lily, which I thought was interesting. So you think that the naming Charlotte's daughter was a reference to this? I don't know, but I thought she could have... I don't know. I'm not going to have a go at the victim. No, we... um. We, so that everyone on the show has basically condemned him, said they stand with the victims. I mean, it's yeah. very hard to know in these situations what the reality is of how they feel. Because these days, I think the show has to condemn him, even if they believe him. Because it's yeah. just, if they stood with Chris North, I think that it would be a massive scandal um, against Yeah, you show. don't know, do you? Like, there's a private life, there's a public life. Um, these people belong to, like, studios and agents. So, you know, for all we know, they could be saying that, but privately, like, texting him. You just don't know. Meeting with him, like, in private. Oh, definitely. Because I remember, uh, I don't know if you remember, obviously we both love the show Girls, but there was an incident like that on this, but it wasn't someone famous. It was someone who worked on the show. A yes. man who was accused of rape. And Lena Dunham tweeted that she believed he was innocent and she got loads of backlash over that because uh for being like everyone saying oh you're a feminist but you don't believe the woman and it's like right 
Well, yes, I get the thing of generally believe victims, but if you know someone, and that it does happen sometimes, sometimes people do falsely accuse people of things that we can't pretend yes. we live in a world where that doesn't happen. So if you know the person, then you don't have to automatically believe what they're accused of if you don't believe it. But in right. a public sphere these days, I don't think many people are going to be going against that. No, and, you know, sense. especially it's a brand new show out. There's been so much anticipation. They've gone through, like, hell and high water like, during all of this, so they're probably doing everything they can to preserve it, uh, keep the wheel going, and, yeah, they're not going to... They're going to put every... They're going to tread lightly, aren't they, really? Well, as SJP has made clear, the show comes first. Um, <laughs> should we rate episode four? Oh... I guess. Okay, I'm going to actually, funnily enough, give episode four a four. A four. I'm going to join you with a four. I, right. I, for me, it's the the worst episode I've seen so far. And we have seen episode five now, haven't we? We're not going to talk about it until we do our separate recap. But just to give you a yes. peek behind the curtain, we, we're double penetrating this week. But yeah, this yes. was the worst one. It was the one I found most cringe, most ridiculous. Maybe not most ridiculous, but... I just didn't enjoy it, to be honest. I think it was pretty ridiculous, Ed. I think it was stupid, actually. I know, I just stopped saying most ridiculous because actually the first episode was quite ridiculous. But <laughs> yeah. I was caught up in a lot of the, like, oh, it's back, da-da-da. Whereas this one just felt like, oh, for fuck's sake. This was the first time I messaged my friend after I watched it. And I was like, oh, I think this is actually bad now, the, sh- the series. Whereas I've been criticizing it a lot obviously like we all have enjoying bits of it but hoping ultimately it's gonna find its feet and I'm gonna really enjoy it um but then with this one I was like oh shit I think that maybe it's just not gonna be good no um it was it was just so silly it had no no point every everything that sort of started to build just ended up being nothing in the end like the each storyline had no point um, that's not I, true charlotte and harry's coloscopy that's um quite a big storyline Col- coloscopy oh, i can't say it well well that that really irked me actually that irked me the most but we'll get we'll get into it kind of like his coloscopy <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that shit trust <laughs> oh, honey, do you know what i would love a colonic after this christmas oh, me too we should both do it together oh my god yeah because i've never had one have you Never had one, which is oh surprising. Because being a gay man, you would think things going in my ass is just a constant thing. But I haven't. But maybe we can get a deal if we use the same pipe. Maybe it'll be cheaper. <laughs> you know you're not supposed to share pipes. <laughs> Tell that to my cousins, okay? Okay, <laughs> I'm, we're doing it. You, you heard it here first. We're going to get his and hers <laughs> colonics. <laughs> his and his. <laughs> or his and hers, but I'm her and you're his. Exactly. <laughs> um, um, so we start the episode opening up. Carrie is waking up in her bed in her old apartment um, with this music. I'm sick of the music. It's so cheesy. I'm sick of this music all the time. Are you noticing See, it now? All the... I'm noticing it now, but this is the first episode I noticed it. Has it been happening the whole time? Literally, every since the movies, every friggin' scene, it's like... We don't need the music. We're not stupid. Like, the music suggests what we're supposed to feel, you know. And they do this comedy music or wistful music. We don't need it. We're smart enough. You, your writing needs to sh- convey emotion, not the music. 
Well, it's very reminiscent to me of uh, my favourite film of all time, True Romance, and also oh. a little bit of American Beauty, that kind of soundtrack. So I think they're, they're, they've been inspired by that, and I do love that music. But yeah, in this case, it's a little bit... I found it distracting. Yes. And um, we've already mentioned the colonoscopy, but this we start off with Charlotte organising Harry's um, colonoscopy. And uh, quite a few fans apparently thought that this was leading to a Harry illness storyline which I never thought when I was watching it I thought it was just meant to be a funny thing yeah I just thought it was or, another piss and shit thing for Charlotte end of full yeah, stop I mean this show it does reference toilet stuff quite a lot as we're moving on with it which you know no complaints from me <laughs> um what I do have complaints about it well first of all why would Charlotte be organizing it for him do people organize each other's medical stuff I don't think that's a thing well I mean, men famously never go to the doctor. Sorry to be a generalist, but uh, may, maybe he just doesn't do it. I would have thought... I, I think I'd probably help Bill arrange his medical stuff, but I don't think I'd call him on his behalf. He's an adult. I would definitely help, but um, I think that... You, I think you have to do it yourself if you're an adult. I think I don't think you call on other people's behalves. And also, Harry's such a rich successful lawyer i bet he has a pa and stuff to to exactly he must have assistance so as if charlotte would be doing that i don't know why this bugs me it just does but what bugs me more and i think this is going to be something i'm going to rant about a lot is blt um mm. so they're like running into each other i got you a coffee i got you a coffee the thing that's pissing me off and i'm going to be saying this a lot this woman is not seeming like a real person to me at all she seems like Agree. just a, she's just a a written thing addition to the show and it's no offense to the actress but everything about it just seems so stiff and without any real humanity or character and they're not letting her have a flaw and she just seems I just I really don't like watching her on screen and I don't want her to be in the show <laughs> agree it's like ho 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 my mother-in-law's a cow and and then that's about it, isn't it? And her husband's a terrible wooden actor as well. Um, I, I, I completely agree. She's just like a walking fashion plate. She's a model. Like, she's stunning. And that's about it. I don't, I don't get the purpose of it at all. And I feel like by this point in the series, she's had so many episodes now, we should have some kind of character arc here. And there, I agree with you, there's nothing there. And I think if you're going to do what they diversify the cast, sex and the diversity, and have more um, characters of colour, I think maybe they should have consulted with, I don't know if they did, but black writers or something. Because nothing about these characters seems to me in any way conversations that they would be having. It feels, it really reminds me, I think I made this comparison before, of when Friends added Charlie into the cast, because they were also being accused of lack of diversity. And Charlie came on as the whitest black woman that's ever been on TV. And it feels like that. And it feels like, if you're going to do it, please do it properly. I feel like with the gender thing, they're getting it more right. Like, Che seems um, a bit more of a person. And maybe that's because I think feel like the actress is having some input into that. But with BLT, it's just not happening for me at all yeah and it is tricky because it's like you know what does it mean to be black how should you present if you know what what does it mean uh it's a tricky area because it's like these are obviously very all of everyone on the show is extremely wealthy they are the one percent right or at least the two percent um and 
as as was always said in the beginning of the show back in the 90s new york new york city is a diverse city why isn't there all these mixture of people but this is we're not talking about well apart from naya the professor she does live in brooklyn uh, but we're, we, you know, we're mainly focusing on Manhattan and these are the one, two percent richest people in the world. So it's a tricky one because they're all very preppy, aren't they? Like that Deirdre woman, she's very, very preppy. And it reminds me of White Chicks. The um, the Wayans brothers hired um, I knew Heather you McDonald. Would bring that to White Chicks. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's my uh, Gone with the Wind. It's my War and Peace. Um, they, they brought Heather McDonald on, who's... Um, a comedian and she has her podcast juicy scoop they brought her on as a writer so she could give the perspective of what white girls in like la are actually like mm-hmm. and that's why it's so funny because there is that real voice there that helped them create the kind of jokes and the stereotypes of that character well absolutely so and i'm not suggesting for a second that the black characters in and just like that should be stereotyped cliche or anything like that. But I think that make these characters real characters with complexities yeah. and flaws that yeah. it's very clear to me that it was a box ticking exercise. It's like, okay, this is the black character we're adding. This is the Asian character we're adding. This is the non-binary character we're adding. And then yeah. stopped at that. It's like, if you want to include those people, make us fall in love with them as a character. You would never have brought in a new like white female character and not given her some depth so why are you treating these characters like that because then it makes it it's almost like they're too scared to show them do anything wrong because they'd be like oh no then that's portraying a black woman badly but it's like the whole show is about flawed characters and that's why we love carrie why well love like carrie and miranda and everything so you you have to tolerate characters the same yes exactly and um it's patronizing to the audience all we want is a good storyline good characters good dialogue um it's it's patronizing it's like saying this is enough and it's like the writer's room approach this like charlotte does her dinner party (laughs) they're gay they're black they're fashion (laughs) which they uh, miranda's a lawyer it's exactly the same thing it's as fast as sex with Chris Nuff, let's be honest. I'm joking. Allegedly, oh. allegedly. Please don't cancel us. Saying that, Charlotte, they do portray... So Charlotte has a nemesis in the mum group, which... Yes, I who I stan. Deirdre. That's... De- is it Deirdre? Yes, Deirdre. Deirdre. She's so shady, but even her shade does not come across real. So just like, no one would speak that, like, have a smile and say like, oh, I thought she didn't drop balls. No... It's like those high school movies. Do you know what she's like? She's like Libby in Spree the Teenage Witch. It's like those high school portrayals of cheerleaders where it's like, ah, you can't sit here, freak. It's like, no one is like that in school. <laughs> I know. And even the way BLT dismisses it with like, questions? No questions? I'm late. Have a great day. It's like, the, non, none of this dialogue is in any way realistic to me. No, and but the real question... Was, even when it was silly. Which would you yeah. rather do? Would you rather meet a botany team to discuss plants or would you rather go to the animal shelter on City Island? The animals. Me too. Definitely, yeah. 100%. The botanist is boring. And actually, it is really annoying that Deidre wasn't even allowed to have an opinion. So, actually. (laughs) Yeah, what's all that about? Her idea is way better. I guess it's because Charlotte had already put all the effort in. But I mean... So, she obviously didn't communicate that to the group. Yeah. yeah, in fact, it's actually like, BLT and Charlotte that are like ganging up in a way. 
I agree. And then she was like, check the spam. It's like, I'm pretty sure Deirdre is on it. Like, you know, she doesn't need to compete with Charlotte. I'm team Deirdre and I think she needs her own show. <laughs> um, and then we see Miranda, who is reeking of weed, which is mm-hmm. strange in her house because they're used to a reeking of booze. And <laughs> what's the name of Brad, uh, Brady's girlfriend again? Louisa. Louisa says, I think her, her most annoying line so far, doesn't she? Oh. And she says, come on, we're all adults here. Oh. Bitch, I would have slapped that bitch around the face and sent her out my house and never to be seen again. And also, when she gets butthurt, when Miranda says, they're alternative, uh, what? What do you mean alternative? What's alternative? If you, if, uh, if a bloody girlfriend of my child spoke to me like that, you would be out my house ASAP. I know, she's so rude. So and then... combative. And she's staying in her house, fucking eating her food, using her hot water, going on her Wi-Fi. Fucking her son. Fucking her son. Someone's got to do that. But, you know, I, I'd be grateful. I'd like, be relieved that someone wants to shag Brady. Let's just be honest. And then Brady doesn't even stand up. If, if someone spoke like that to my mum, I'd be like, oi, don't talk to my mum like that. Really? <laughs> No, I wouldn't. And it would probably be me speaking like that. <laughs> As you said it, you heard it, yeah. <laughs> but I did enjoy Miranda's I'm not caffeinated enough for this conversation. Because it's yeah, like, I liked if you're going to be shady, bring it in the evening, not first Honey. thing in the morning. Miranda's clearly hungover. Like, leave her alone. Although, shade is life. It's not a lifestyle. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're going to be shady, it's 24-7. It's hard work being shady. Oh, thank you for saying that. Because honestly, <laughs> I do feel like my work has not been recognised sometimes. <laughs> Um, what did you make of Carrie's outfit? Because this was the most um, eye-catching thing she's worn so far. The wedding dress bottom. Hates it! Did you hate A lot of people hated it, didn't they? I mean, I... D- hey, yeah, but it's... I didn't think it looked good, but I loved that it was so Carrie-ish. Yeah, but do you see, it's, it's actually quite clever what they've done here. So she goes through her outfits. So she pulls out the first dress, which is from the first movie, which is the white dress with the big gold flower. And then she pulls out this other dress, which was one of... Which dress? So, she's, you know, at the very beginning of that scene, she pulls out two dresses from her closet and just sort of looks at them wistfully. I think I missed that, even though I've watched the episode twice. So the first one was from the movie, like, that was on all the promo posters with the big white flower. Yeah, I know which one you mean. And then the second one she pulled out is, like, this beautiful, multicoloured um, kind of halter neck dress, which I remember she wore in the episode, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong in the comments... Uh, with the episode where Big writes her a check and in the end she takes, I think it's from that episode, and she wears like a black beaded necklace with it. Um, Good memory. Um, yes. So is it meant to symbolise like, oh, I'm old Carrie, not new Carrie? No, I think it's we're going back to the new Carrie because when she um, later on, sort of flashing forward but when she's in the car with Seema she's got the purple sunglasses on very sort of end of season two early season three Carrie that's sort of just before Aiden um just after round two with Big that sort of look and she's smoking again so it's almost like reincarnation yeah she's going back to the old single Carrie in fashion did I tell you me and Rich um, you know, Rich used to watch Sex and the City and we'd smoke every time Carrie smoked. So it's like, love to me, that. smoking and Sex and the City has to go hand in hand. Um, so yeah, I love I love the throwbacks to old Carrie and I feel like that's where the whole series is kind of going to getting back to Carrie, like fabulous on the dating scene, blah, blah, blah. 
Yeah. Um, sorry, not classic Carrie. I mean classic Caroline. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor Caroline. What the fuck? Caroline. <laughs> what's, happening? what's happening? Poor Caroline. I love this scene. And I think, I mean, this I don't want to state so the obvious, funny. but I think this is going to be the beginning of probably quite a big romantic storyline in the show. Because um, you can see the spark. Yeah. You can't, like, deny that. Um, but I do think it's... <laughs> and at the end of the day, he get free rolls. Do you know what I'm saying? She's using Big's death to get free coffee and free rolls. And I do not blame her one bit because I'd be doing the same. In fact, I've oh, started honey. telling people that my husband has died. Got samesies. I know that's why the weight gain happened. Um, and then, then Carrie sees her nemesis, the Peloton, and she yeah. expects to see Big. Yeah, and it that's prompts sad. her to yeah want to sell the apartment, as she tells the others. Um, and they say, "Big money, halt! Um, don't make a decision if you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Well, then you and I, uh, Edward, never make a decision." I'd be still wondering whether to come out the womb. Yeah, <laughs> um, I've never heard that expression before. I haven't. But it does make sense. But yeah, it doesn't leave you with a lot. There are very short windows that you could ever do anything in. And yes, and Miranda, Miranda wants, wants more wine. Of wine. Uh, so so they're having dinner. I'm defending Miranda's drinking. I'm sorry. Were they having dinner? They're having dinner. Yes. I thought they were having lunch. So? It's still food. No, I mean, obviously there's not... Am I right? Who's with me? <laughs> well, obviously, there's. if this was just the one thing Charlotte was basing it off, then having a bottle of wine when they're all drinking wine anyway, then that's just good business sense. But obviously she's already found the bottles. So, I mean, this there's a running theme. So I think then once you're looking for it, it'll be everywhere. But yeah, Charlotte is kind of... She's handling it badly, I think, because it's not like refusing to share a bottle at dinner or lunch is going to be what turns her around, is it? So, I mean... Exactly. And at the end of the day, if you can't beat them, join them. That's my philosophy. So get that bottle. Moran, uh, Charlotte should have just got a shot of flaming Sambuca, knocked it back and had done with it. And enter Seema, the estate agent, which finally yes. she's here, because I feel like she's been talked about a lot. You said earlier... Uh, in this like about the music like mm-hmm. oh just r- use it with the writing don't tell us how to feel the thing that really pissed me off was her saying Seema it means boundary in Hindi which is hilarious because I have none I'm like you if you want the character to be without boundaries then write something it's called show don't tell write something that shows that do not exactly. have her announce it on arrival. Like, come in like, I'm outrageous. Or say something outrageous. <laughs> it was so fucking lazy. And still, after all the other scenes, we don't really get the lack of boundaries. I mean, she's very forward. I don't get lack she's... of boundaries at all. I get like a sad, depressed woman with many life regrets. Yeah. Not fun, not outrageous. It's probably stinks of fags. Well, she must do because Carrie clocks her. <laughs> yeah and she smokes in the car and she doesn't roll the windows down no judgment but i'm just yeah. saying i did judge that because she has a driver unless he's that's completely true. fine with it i think that's quite rude to him but even and, if you, you asked know him, you stick he'd and have, you have to these say expensive yes clothes and you're a whole bit you're public facing you're going to judge other people's houses and you stink how rich is this bitch as well? She must be really rich. Honey, she's a successful um, real estate agent. Their commission they get is like, if they sell something for five million, then they'll get like 500 grand, just, just commission. Yeah. Oh, bitch, I watched Selling Sunset. Trust oh, and honey. believe. 
Yes. And um, I love her going around the flat going, it's gorgeous, it's all got to go. Yes. They move Picasso, so your things are going to be fine. No offence to your things. She had some good lines. To be honest, I don't find the actress, I think, like, a better actress. I'm not saying she's bad, but could be getting more comedy out of these lines. Um, she's quite deadpan. Yeah, bit bit boring. And also, again, it's like, why do, why do I care about you at all? You know, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm complicated. Who are you? She, I care about her more than BLT because she, with the backstory that she's never found someone, that's something potentially I could get my teeth into. I mean, mm. I haven't yet because I don't, I'm not finding the actress, I'm not connecting with her. But at least that's something they've given her beyond just, oh, she's Muslim. Like, there mm-hmm. is a story with her. Um, and yes, yeah, so she's becoming Carrie's friend. They're smoking together. Um I guess they're all making a friend, aren't they? So Miranda's got Che, Charlotte's got BLT, Carrie's and, um, got... And Miranda's um, got Nia Wallace, the professor. Yeah. <laughs> um, on the podcast, we get... Um... Chloe, the boss. Actually, before we discuss that, can I just have a word with you, Chloe? Yes. You, we need to get your socials up. Can you post a bit more about the podcast, please? Um... I would do, but my husband... This is not a debate. I'm telling you, you need to get it up. (sighs) Okay, but my husband's still alive. Confused Viagra, Twitter, TikTok. (laughs) This this scene is mortifying. I mean, listen, it's really difficult to... I don't want to sound ableist, but it's like, you know, fierce bitches can be fierce in a wheelchair too. Yeah, I I know. I never doubted that for a second. Well, the thing is, I swear, I can't never remember what we said on the podcast, but I swear on episode one we made some joke like, oh, what next are they going to have, like, a Native American in a wheelchair? Like, <laughs> <Pocahontas>. <laughs> being a lesbian or something. And then it does feel, I mean, fair play for wanting to be as diverse as possible, but when it gets to the point of parody where it's like, okay, anything you can think of that wasn't in the original show, we're just going to squeeze into every corner, then it's just yeah. like, oh, come on, this is... And there's nothing against this character, but it's just like, it just feels so forced. I know. I won't make the Chris Noth joke again, but it's just like, it's so forced. And also she does have a point a little bit. I mean, uh, we don't like it. We're old, like we're not techie minded, but you know, they do expect people now to be very much engaged on social media. They should have also maybe knew that when they hired her, that that's not her shtick. Um, but you know well she had the instagram thing yeah but i mean i know her husband died but also to be fair she's not really acting like it either so well when i was um at a newspaper they this happened to me they because i wasn't posting anything about my exclusives on social media and they told me i had to and i hated it so i agreed to retweet when the official account tweeted about them um as like a compromise but yeah i just fucking hate it i'm not good at social media as anyone who checks our social media will know but you know what it's bad for your mental health and it is um bad for your cholesterol probably and uh, speaking of uh, bad for your mental health uh we then find out <laughs> for some reason that jackie and chloe had a thing and he doesn't wash his towels and it's meant to be funny did you find it funny um, I didn't. It reminded me a bit of the thing with the lawyer and when they were reading the will of just like a little side <laughs> thing that was just completely pointless. At the funeral home. 
if you're going to do, I don't mind a little scene here and there of characters like, but it has to be funny enough to be worth it, which it wasn't. Yeah, it's very odd. It's like they're relying on extras to provide the comedy because the main three cast cannot do it because Samantha's not there. Yeah, I think it's meant to be funny when Charlotte's doing the whole, doing her dinner party and like, oh, it's Carrie for fashion, Miranda for politics, and then Anthony and Stanford because they're gay. And I'm like, I found this so cringy. And I get that they're trying to Me too. poke fun at this, but actually I think that it's just, I hate Charlotte, this being done to Charlotte because I just don't think she would be this um, shallow or needy or yeah like pathetic so i hated the whole thing about this and it's like stupid white people they don't have any ethnic friends and they're so this and that and it's like it's it's so backwards and they're poking fun but that's exactly what they've done to the show themselves with their casting so and it's just disgusting and i like these people are top people she owned an art ran an art gallery she'd been a very international person um, and Harry the same, and it's just bullshit. And it, I, I was so angry when I was watching this. I was like, this is so unfair. And again, it's just patronising. Well, and offensive, because like when she goes to her neighbours, the Jenkins, to try and force them to come over, it's just like, God, that's so offensive to just treat people as like accessories. And it's so, it's so weird that by trying to be inclusive, they're being more offensive. And I get that it's meant to be funny and poke fun at how like, difficult is to navigate society these days when everyone's being so pc but yeah like you said the show itself is doing a lot of these things it's trying to poke fun of and it's like you can't have it both ways you it's just contradictory right and why do we need to highlight all this fucking stuff just do a goddamn show like by by putting all this stuff in you're actually fanning the flames it's like just have a goddamn show like I, I know you didn't like it and it's a different tone. I, I know you, you thought it was good, but it wasn't your vibe. But like, for example, Made, like Made is, was so brilliantly done. There was a diverse cast in it. Nothing was mentioned on any of this stuff. And it was just a bloody brilliant, good TV show with an amazing story and a diverse group of characters. And that was all that needed to be done. Yeah, you everything know? should feel organic. You shouldn't be able to see the cogs turning and... Like, it feels like you can see, you're very aware of the meetings that happened before the show. And you should be so lost in the show, you're not really seeing that. But it just, it's almost too meta. And then the asking Anthony about his ex, oh, and when he says, oh, the black guy? And she's like, no, he's more than just his race. But it's like, the reason you're calling him is purely because he's black. So Charlotte's trying to be proper while she's actually the one who's been the most... And I often find that. I often find people who are the most vocal on these issues are often the ones who are kind of the most offensive without realising it. Yeah, exactly. It's like that. I watched this video when back in 2016 when all the election stuff was going on in America and they went around liberal like Manhattan or something and they asked people, um, what do you think about the black vote and like how important is it? And they went, I think it's really important we need to help them because a lot of them don't have internet. Some of them don't have phones. <laughs> it's like, you think you're being liberal. You sound like disgusting. Oh God, that reminds me of genuinely the most embarrassing moment I've ever seen on TV. Have you seen when Kelly Osborne was on, was it The View or The Talk? Yes. <laughs> of Donald yes. Trump, who's going to clean your toilet if you've got rid of all the Mexicans? Yeah. And then she waited for the cheer yeah. from the crowd and everyone went, ooh. Uh, and she and went, ooh, come on no, guys. No. <laughs> 
But she was like, uh, but you know, in LA, I was just going to say, like, we all have Mexican cleaners. <laughs> oh my God, it was awful. I'm cringing now thinking about it. Um, oh God. And then we get the Charlotte and oh Deirdre thing God. where she says the Jeff, it's pronounced Joff. Uh, do you think it's going to be a long running <laughs> feud with them or is this another little side thing? I don't know what what the point is. I'd like to meet Joff for a start. I'm intrigued by Joff. Any Joff, yeah. <laughs> Honey. But um, I have no idea. I don't know if this is meant to show, like, that Charlotte... I don't know what the point is. Is it a plot device? I don't know what, what it's supposed to be. I know it shows that um, BLT stands up for Charlotte. But Deirdre's a caricature of, like, some bitchy Upper East Side, you can't sit with us thing that doesn't exist in real life. Yeah, you It exists, but it's more subtle. You know, I I'm I'm a mom. I see what happens in these mummy clicky groups, but no one actually talks like that. Yeah, I see know? what you mean because like with Carrie and Seema and Miranda and Shay and Naya, you can see that um however flawed their storyline is going somewhere. With BLT and Deirdre, I don't see what the point of this is or where it's going. I don't know if it's gonna get interlinked with the gender storyline or something, but yeah, I don't really um, get that. No, so Miranda and Naya go for dinner, right? Yeah, they're waiting and Naya's getting annoyed, but then realises she made the reservation in the San Francisco restaurant. Um, this was... <laughs> Didn't you just laugh? <laughs> that is so something I would do. Um, this is, it was my favourite part of the episode, actually, this conversation that they had, because I thought it, it yes, was good sex in the city because it was like, these are the conversations that actually I do have with my friends and that I don't see on television a lot. Um, and that is what I want from the show primarily. And it's a shame that it's quite rarely popping up. But um, how did you feel about this whole conversation about motherhood, being a mother yourself, if you don't mind me sharing that? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not ashamed anymore. I've learned to accept it. Um... <laughs> You've come out to your parents Something that happened to me, them. but... <laughs> Um, I loved it. I thought it was great. I know, I know. I shouldn't blame myself. <laughs> um, I thought it was really interesting. Uh, and I love that whole thing of she's having IVF, very expensive, very painful, uh, very emotionally draining. And she's still kind of on the fence, which is quite a taboo thing to say. It's like, uh, especially if you uh, have infertility issues, um, it's like, you can't say things to women like, oh gosh, uh, sometimes I wish I'd never had a child. You know, there's these things that are very taboo almost in that sort of, in, in the infertility community. And uh, it was nice of them to open up to each other. And it's like Miranda says, every choice you make, there will be other choices that didn't get to happen. And you will always wonder what if. Yeah, and that's what I really liked. I've had this conversation myself with a lot of my friends where I think that women especially who don't have children they often feel like oh I'm always gonna wonder whether I should have or regret it and I think that what if you have an open honest conversation with people who have had children I mean obviously people who've had children it's very rare you hear someone say oh I completely regret it but I think that same as Miranda said there are moments of being like oh I wish I Whichever path you take, the grass is always greener and there'll always be elements of pining or maybe jealousy. But I think ultimately the fact you chose the path you chose speaks volumes. And and I think it's a really comforting thought for a lot of people. 
hundred percent and um and also who's to say as well what's down the road you never know what's going to happen in your life every every part of your life is a season you know and um just because you're you've chosen something now doesn't mean something will change for you later on in life or you might look back and think god i can't believe i actually wanted to do that this is so much better you just don't know but (laughs) i and yeah basically yeah um but we we never know, especially when we're going through new things. There are so always doubts with everything: a new job, a marriage, um, whether or not you should break up with someone. Just you know, all these different Jesus. Have. I mean, you're making so many references to it at this point. <laughs> <laughs> one one thing I did find that I don't think would necessarily be true, and please correct me if I'm speaking out of turn. Uh, if you've gone, not you, Ed, but listeners, if they've had different experience, but I know a lot of people that have infertility struggles and IVF I don't believe that she would be drinking if she's going through IVF um I think you're when you're at that stage your your body is literally your temple you do anything you can to make sure that you get as it's called in the community a sticky bean ah! where the, Sorry. the egg implants and it <laughs> stays there making me hungry it literally gets to the honey oh, actually I actually do feel like uh, some jelly beans um but um, you literally won't even have too cold water. You'll drink room temperature water. You'll avoid caffeine. I just don't know if she would be drinking alcohol. That's my one thing. But I think it didn't sound that true to me. Maybe you're right because of the money spent. Because I know that like people I've known who, when they're trying for a child, still continue kind of with their normal, usually eating, drinking what they would usually until they find out they are. Like I've known people be absolutely blind. Yeah. Drunk the night they conceived and then sort of then scale it back but yeah with IVF maybe because you're spending that much money you want to really just for financial reasons give it the best shot so you don't have to do it again exactly so yeah but um I I liked that but yeah I I do think it was like Carrie said how come they've gone from like being mortified with each other to going out for dinner that's a bit of a shift well Miranda referenced that oh I killed it in class but yeah considering that the last time we saw them, Naya was avoiding her on the train. It seems like a bit of a big leap. And because this doesn't seem to be going in a romantic direction, then, again, I'm kind of wondering what the purpose of it is. Although Naya seems... I mean, the actress is great, so I think she's... Yes, she is. With not a lot, she's kind of making me engage with her character more so than Seema's character. And speaking of Seema, we find out she's on the dating apps. Um... And I think that's going to ultimately maybe get Carrie involved in that. But um, am I right in thinking, Chloe, you met your husband on MySpace or Bebo? I did. I did. I met my husband on MySpace in 2006. Mm-hmm. And 2006? then we chatted for months. Oh, God. 2006, honey. We've been... It's together for like 17 years or something. Yeah, yeah, that does add up. It sounded crazy to me, but yeah. <laughs> but we met when I was seven, so. <laughs> you were such a slut back then. I loved it. <laughs> but yeah, but Carrie gets hit on, um, which is like a throwback to the old series where they would get hit on by these grotesque men. And the godfather. Um, <laughs> I'm the godfather. <laughs> um yeah he's gross he's like are you a downtown girl and she's just like getting away (laughs) um Um, so is that what's out there jeez but and then they go for food and cocktails 
and they have a, they talk they talk uh dating apps and Carrie says something and we get a little hint in Seema's face that she's not quite happy with what Carrie said. Yeah, I think it's great that you're still putting yourself out there. Um I didn't clock her reaction. I think so I'm often making notes, so sometimes I do miss those bits. But I did see it on the second watch. And it's subtle, but it's there. And I did think when she said it, that is a very patronising thing to say to someone. Um, but it also is classic Carrie, because Carrie yes. does say kind of thoughtless things like that, trying to be helpful. Um, so, yeah, I think I think we're always learning about stuff like that. I, I mean, you mentioned about motherhood earlier. I think that that's something that, has evolved a lot over the last few years. Like, I think it used to be very normal to ask people, so you can have children or stuff like that. And then now I think people are realising more that because you don't know what someone might have been through with their fertility or whether they want to have children or what issues they might have, that that's not really appropriate to say to someone that you've just met. Um, yeah. And I think it's the same with a lot of things for people who have never found someone. I think there's, uh, I think things we might have used to have said that we thought were nice, like, Oh, he'll he'll be out there. It's when you're not looking for it. I think you, we start to realise more that actually that stuff's very annoying. People have heard it a million times and it's patronising. And yes, yeah, so I, I like this kind of conversation. Definitely. Yeah, I do too. Again, it feels quite real, like what we were saying before. Um, I, I can get the... I get the sense of who Seema is. I, I still don't think she doesn't have any boundaries. <laughs> But um, she's definitely becoming more real, a real character. Yeah, there's still something a little bit off with me, but I like I like the areas they're exploring. I'm just not fully buying it. And <laughs> but it's not as cringe as Charlotte testing Harry on the lift to the dinner party about black authors. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's so embarrassing. And it's like oh my god! And also Zadie Smith. I'm sorry, but what is 90s. this like? 1998 current current black authors like, what the fuck Sadie Smith or Michelle Obama is everyone okay and it's also like if Harry hasn't read the books he really shouldn't be bringing them up over dinner because if someone has read them then what are you <laughs> going to say the bit where she was black the bit where she works out her biceps <laughs> and then Charlotte straight away puts her foot in it with the oh Gwen and it's not Gwen because <laughs> you know bl- white people think all black people look the same didn't you know that Ed? it's like and charlotte doesn't even like try and cover it up or anything like that she just stands there like shell-shocked and then harry has to rescue her. anybody read the new zadie smith book and it's like <laughs> the harry book <laughs> things are just really mortifying oh harry's mortifying i mean i love harry I, I don't know how he puts up with charlotte how they're using him here is is just pure cringe i know um we get we see Carrie's house, which is now all beige, which is kind of a throwback, isn't it? A lot of people enjoyed this, I saw online. Yeah, I thought it was quite interesting to see the hallway and the stairs that go up to the apartment, which we've never seen that before. I know, at first I was like, where the um, fuck are they going? Is this a whole new place? Because we've never, ever seen that, like you say, so that was weird. Um, but the beige throwback was about Big, wasn't it? Because you remember that was with Natasha. He, he always said, Yeah, he I likes hated. red wall, beige, beige. Yeah, so I think that they're... I like these little throwbacks. I'm trying to find them. Yeah. 
But also, I just want to point out, I, I know it's not, again, it's like the whole, the apart, the, the, the corridor with the stairs is way too big in scale uh, than what it actually would be in real life. And that is one thing that I also have with this, I have an issue with the programme. The sets don't feel real to me at all. Um, they just feel too much like a set. They, they've lost their kind of realness. Uh, their apartments don't feel real to me like they used to in the show. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, it feels like... You know what I mean? Yeah, they're, staged. They're, they feel too big and, yeah, too staged. And did you notice when Carrie's on the phone to Miranda, Miranda's drinking wine again? I mean, they're really hammering that in, aren't they? We don't see Miranda without alcohol at any time apart from breakfast, basically. I know, but to be fair, like... <laughs> defending it again. <laughs> I think this is it enough. Um, you know, she's a hardworking woman. Let her have a glass of wine now and then. Yeah, I think... <laughs> yeah, as I mean, obviously we're buying into Miranda having a drinking problem. I guess, I guess the thing is with alcohol, because I mean, especially because we're in the UK where everyone drinks huge amounts. But it's usually, I think, you if you're worried about a friend, it should be the kind of behaviour when they're drinking, or like what's what's yes. causing, rather than just the amount. Because some people drink huge amounts and are absolutely fine. Some to some people. Like a few glasses of wine a week can be very destructive. It kind of all depends on your tolerance, um, how much, like how it affects you, what your mental state is. So, I mean, we haven't seen in this episode, I mean, it is coming soon, but we haven't seen Miranda be too destructive on alcohol, have we? So I, I w- if I was her friend, I wouldn't be worrying. No, but then maybe she's, she's just functioning maybe, right? Yeah. Functioning alcoholic. Yeah. But then, and we haven't seen her, like, over-drink. Like, we haven't been seeing her blacking out. Oh, and we, we do later find out she has. No. We haven't fa- found her, like, passed out on the floor. We haven't found her, like, not turning up to lessons or ending up crying or doing anything really bad. So, so far, I... she wouldn't... Which is a shame. I wish we had. That would be really interesting. I mean, it might be building up to that. But so far, yeah, I wouldn't be... But obviously the show wants us to buy into the idea that she is an alcoholic. Yeah, I don't know if I'm buying it, to be honest. I know it's happening, but it doesn't feel real. Well, it's probably because we drink twice as much as her, so... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a a bottle of wine, big deal. (laughs) Perfect breakfast. Um... Oh, and and just to say, Carrie takes Big's ashes from the apartment back and she puts it in a Barney's bag. And it's kind of like symbolism of both Big is Mr. New York and Barney's was the big New York store and they're both gone. And it's where she used to masturbate, as we found out in episode one. And it's where she used to masturbate, yeah. And one of her last times with Big was making him masturbate. So there's a lot of cross-referencing here. Oh, wow. That's deep. Um, so we conti- continue with the dinner with Charlotte. A lot of fans talked about this, and I'm glad they brought it up, which was um, on Reddit, which was Charlotte was... Uh, we find out she's on the board of the Met. I know. What the hell? I know, because a lot of people said that apparently to be on the board of the Met, you need to pay make a certain donation to be on of like $10 million. So the fact this is just thrown away as... Oh, she's also on the board of the Met. Apparently, this is like a really, really big deal. I mean, not apparently. It obviously would be a big deal. It's like one of the most famous museums in the world. So the idea that Charlotte is just casually part of it is kind of not realistic in terms of 
Charlotte and Harry must be very, very rich and influential, um, if that's the case. And we're not being shown that in other areas. I mean, no. And she doesn't have a job and he's a lawyer. So, I mean, I know lawyers are very wealthy, but are they $10 million donation wealthy? Oh, yeah. I think Harry's very wealthy because when he does Charlotte's divorce, he's a partner in the firm and there's two partners, I believe. So I think in New York, to have a successful law firm with one other person, I think it would be very, very rich. And that was back in the original series. So who knows, like how much bigger that's got. I think he's very, very, very rich. Yeah. But then Charlotte, I d- knowing what Charlotte's like, I don't know what Charlotte's like, like I'm a friend, but if she would lead with the board of the Met, I think, I don't, if that is what she's doing, I don't think she would be like, oh, I'm a, I'm a full-time mum and just like leave it at that. I think she was quite... Right. And if she's on the board of the Met, like she would be taken very seriously. Why are they writing her to be such a stupid character? Who's so ridiculous. This was said on Reddit as well, that they said that Charlotte, when she talked about the art at the dinner table, they said that's the first time they've ever seen Charlotte be knowledgeable, uh, knowledgeable about art, which I don't think is true. I think she was shown to be very competent, successful um, at her job in yeah, the series. Yeah, in the show she was, for sure. But we haven't seen it in a long yeah. time. And then, so yeah, I d- if, so it makes sense Charlotte would still be in the art world, but I just don't think they're giving a very realistic portrayal of where she stands in it. They're just casually throwing away things that would be a massive deal. No, because once um, she left work and then divorced Trey, the last sort of time it was touched on was when she was volunteering at the Met. And um, and then her art career was never talked about ever again. Yeah, so it's kind of making a comeback. And then she mentions Michelle Obama and Harry goes, I loved her book! And everyone laughs as if, but they're not even in on that joke. (laughs) So like, why would they laugh? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Um, Maybe it's a bad book. I don't know. I haven't read it. I haven't read it either. I think it was like the biggest selling book of the year that year. Or definitely a biography. It was. Um, and yeah. then I'm interested to hear what you think of the scene, obviously, between Carrie and Anthony, which explains why we won't see Stanford again. What did you make of that? I was shocked and appalled and a little bit offended on behalf of Willie Garson. Yeah. It was totally... I understand they would have had... I mean, would would they have filmed this after and then spliced it in to an already taped episode? Yeah, definitely. That's what like happened. Like, how... Or was it... Yeah. Oh, that is what happened. Okay. And that's what it smelt like. <laughs> like, I. it was so ridiculous and just so dismissive and... I don't know. What, what do you think? Well, I mean, definitely it's stuck out like a sore thumb, but also I can't... I I would struggle to think of an alternative because obviously he was part of the show and his scenes will have had to have been cut, I think, for his storyline because they couldn't conclude them because there was stuff that they still needed to film with him that hadn't done yet. So they did have to get rid of Stanford. I think I they couldn't kill him because I think Big's already dead. It's just a death-heavy season. Um... And so I th- I guess they had to just have Anthony come in, speak to Carrie and explain why he's gone. Um, and I guess this kind of makes sense in a way. He's divorcing Anthony um, and moved to another country for work. So it's an, it was a tricky situation. Yeah, I just maybe it was just the sort of tone and 
I don't know, the, the way they... SJP seemed very detached about the whole thing. But then they had been writing Stanford this, in this series like he's a complete asshole kind of monster, weren't they? Like a spoiled brat mm. and all that kind of stuff. So maybe he's evolved into that and it makes sense for that. But, I mean, I'm happy that Anthony gets more of a role in the show now because he is the funny one now. I know, and it makes me wonder if... Because then after this episode, spoilers, but this isn't a big deal, but he has lunch with them next episode. And I wonder if they reshot that and it was originally Stanford or whether it just so happened that scene oh, yeah. was filmed after. I'd be really interested to know from the writers like how Willie Garson's death changed the original script and what they shot. Um, but yeah, it was a, very difficult for them to have to do with this. So I guess it was never going to be perfect. It was a last minute slapdash thing and it, like you said, it smells of that. But I think we can forgive them because it's like, obviously, was unplanned. Yeah, and also they're probably grieving as well. So they're probably exhausted and then had to film this scene where he's not in the show anymore. So that must have been very difficult as well. Like a hard thing to do. And you know what to do when you're exhausted and grieving? Halt. <laughs> halt. <laughs> <laughs> and then actually my least favourite part of this episode, I think. Did I already say that about another part? But it was when Charlotte and BLT... You said about every part, I think. <laughs> it's when Charlotte and BLT both admit to each other that they were nervous about the dinner parties and being the only black couple, being the only white couple. And this was just the mm-hmm. most inauthentic conversation I've ever seen. And I just don't believe two people would ever sit oh. down and speak like this to each other. I just hated it. Oh, my God. I, I, I have a confession. I went full on get out and I was on the hunt for anyone black to trap in front of my TV and hypnotised to be my my servant at a dinner party. That's what Charlotte gave you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's like, and, then, and then who sits opposite that and goes, oh, okay. She's like, yeah, I, I was worried about you too. the fucking hills. Also, by the way, Charlotte and Harry so could have played the Jew card. So they are also... Exactly. So, I don't know. It's just the whole thing. And then it was just like they're both sitting laughing like, ha, ha, ha. And it's just like, no, that's... I don't think that's how these conversations are playing out at the moment at all. It's not just funnily tied up at the end with, I was nervous, me too. No. Um, no, honey. And then we get our showdown with Seema, showdown, but with Seema and Carrie. Showdown? We've been very generous. <laughs> so, Slow down, more like. So she breaks Carrie's picture with Big. Carrie has a breakdown Yeah. before the showdown. And then yeah. <laughs> what did you make of what Seema did? What, in terms of breaking the, the frame or her saying, well, you aren't insensitive as well. Yeah, not breaking the frame. <laughs> oh, I was a huge fan of that. That was a great move on her part. <laughs> How could you, Seema? Um, I was like, Seema, no offence, who cares? Who are you? I thought that was so shady when you've got a grieving woman in front of you who's clearly upset. Yeah, and it's not literally. even personal about you, Seema. She's obviously upset about Big. <laughs> and to go, well, it kind of reminds me of the other day when you were annoying. And it's like, to be fair, a lot of people on, um, I'm constantly talking about Reddit. I'm sorry, I live on Reddit. But we're like, oh, I love that Seema finally called Carrie out. We've wanted Carrie to be called out the whole show. And it's like, if I would respect Seema, she called Carrie out either in the moment Carrie said the thing. Exactly. Or even brought it up later. Don't wait until you've done something that's pissed her off. She's crying about a dead husband and then be like, oh, by the way, to divert, you offended me the other day. I found it very annoying. <laughs> Exactly. And because of you, because you broke her fucking property and you said that you wouldn't. 
And it's your fault in the first place. And I think Carrie was very measured and I would have lost my shit if someone spoke to me like that in my own home as well. And Carrie was right that she wasn't that apologetic. Like, if she'd been genuinely sorry, like, oh my God, I'm so sorry I've done this. Like, please, what can I do? I think Carrie would have chilled, but it was the fact Seema sat there casually, like, why are you even upset? However, I did like Seema's revelation that I'm not really that sorry for you because you found someone and lost them and I never have. And I thought that was really touching even though I didn't like the conversation that led to that I thought because I remember when I used to uh, be single sometimes when my friends would have breakups sometimes I would even be jealous of their breakups I'd be like oh well uh." yeah I totally get it I do kind of get that um and it's sweet it's like when people like are very complaining that they're too skinny and like their clothes are too baggy I'm like I would love to know what it feels like to have clothes that are too baggy. Just ask me. I will tell you. I'm very open about it all. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, so that's the end of the episode. And, it's, and just like that, um, she became a real friend. Oh, yeah. What was it? The real estate became real or something like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and what? I don't care, Ed. Do you? I don't care. But you know who might care? Samantha. So what do you think Samantha would say? <gasps> Honey, you're trying to find someone black? <laughs> I suggest you black out of this dinner party. Like Miranda would. <laughs> um, I think it'd be like, oh, so Seema broke your picture? I'd rather have a man break my back in bed. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about this. I didn't prepare one for this, so we're winging it. Um... But thank you guys for returning oh. to us after our break. Yes, um, we hope you enjoyed the show um, as much as we as did. As much as we didn't. Joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, what would you rate it out of 10? Let um, us know. I will judge you if you rate it over five. Sorry, just saying. And rate our episode out of 10. And if it's high, let us know. And if it's low, you know, keep it to yourself. Um, yeah, so polite. And for episode, what episode is the next one? Six. Five. For episode five, join us on Wednesday, where we're about to recap that now. And there is a lot to get into, pun intended. Oh, honey. Uh, So we'll see you Wednesday. See you Wednesday. Ciao.